0: Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 182. This week on the show, I've got a awesome conversation with an up-and-coming band. Um, if your TikTok's anything like mine, you've probably seen them at least every third fucking video that pops up. Uh, <laughs> they were discovered, you know, I think by a lot of people. Uh, via their TikTok, and I was one of them. Uh, The band I'm referring to is a band from Chicago, Illinois called Definitely Maybe. Uh, Had a great time talking with Ian and Courtney and Sawyer and really diving into, you know, who they are. And as they're early in this journey, um, you know, again, I found them on TikTok, and it's literally been... Like, every fifth TikTok, at least, for a while, was their songs coming up. So, I reached out, had to get them on the the podcast, because I think there's definitely, maybe, uh, something here for them. And I think that, you know, it, it's one of those bands that I'm going to put you on the map with, uh, you know, put them on your radar, and... They're going to be in a lot of fucking playlists coming up very, very soon. So, uh, we talked about kind of the formation of the band and the sound and, you know, coming together through the pandemic, Um, Courtney touches on some mental health things as well as Her personal struggle with like self-confidence on stage and things like that and it's just a really good conversation that we had so i really think you guys are going to enjoy this one let's dive into it this is my conversation with definitely maybe uh so to kick things off i do start with the same boring ass question every time simple introduction guys Let's go around the the Zoom, if you will, and introduce yourself and just kind of a little background on you slash the band.
1: Cool. I'm Courtney Klinker. Um, I sing and I write in the band. And yeah, that's me. Nice
0: to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> uh,
2: I am Sawyer Banks and I do bass and I help produce uh, some demos for, for the band as well
0: sweet Well, my name is ian
2: harsh i play guitar and write a lot of the music
0: awesome um so for those that aren't familiar with you a you guys are blowing up on tiktok like every fourth or fifth uh tiktok on my feed is you guys so a plus on whatever you're <laughs> yeah. doing over there. uh but for people that aren't familiar let's talk a little bit about kind of the formation of definitely maybe and and where you've been to get to where you're at now and kind of as cliche and gross corporate as it sounds, what's the vision for this project with you guys?
1: I I can start. I feel like Ian can fill in. Um, But definitely maybe, definitely formed a little bit on accident. So we all met in church band. We're church band kids. But I played drums in the church band. And then Sawyer played drums and bass. And Ian played guitar. So we were in worship band together on Sunday nights. Um, we all love music, loved being on stage. And, and that was really the only way that we got to do that was playing in church, which is one of the main reasons that we kept doing it, even when it got difficult with church politics and things like that. Um, that was our only source really of music and performance and live. And um, we just craved it. So we wanted to keep doing it. Um, and then we stayed friends. We were friends for about, three years I think before definitely maybe it was even but a twinkle in our eyes um we Sawyer and I joined a different band right before COVID that lasted for a hot second and then broke up in a fiery disaster um and was no longer right when the pandemic hit and at that point we still the three of us had never really written music together we started sort of trying during the pandemic but I don't think any of our brains were working at full capacity. And so I think a lot of people who maybe had set themselves up better um, could be really creative during that time. I don't, that wasn't our time. So we actually didn't write anything together until 2021. And the summer of 2021, um, after a really rough year, 2020 obviously was horrible for everybody. Um, Like I said, our band broke up in January, 2020. In March, 2020, my family dog died. And then in July, 2020, my grandma died. And two days later, my sister died.
0: And it was all during the
1: pandemic. Oh, and we had just gotten married in the fall. It was our first year of marriage. And so it was a wild time. And um, I was going through some therapy and some medication, working through some trauma. So prior to that, I had never been able to write music. I was a drummer, that's what I did. Um, But somehow in 2021, while I was doing the dishes, uh, a melody with words just popped into my head for the first time ever. And I remember my hands shaking when I recorded the voice memo and texted it to Ian and I was super embarrassed and I didn't want to do it, but I was like, what do I have to lose? Like, we're all going to die anyway. It's the pandemic. It was kind of still in the thick of it. Um, And then just, I think two minutes went by and Ian sent it back to me with guitar underneath and we were like, oh my God, this sounds like an actual song. Um, And we would end up Getting that song completed, getting a couple others written, and getting that produced by an artist in Minneapolis before we even named our band, because we didn't think we had a band <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs>
0: until
1: that point. We were still just, we were like, well, let's just see how far this goes. Um, and so it all started with that first song, and we haven't been able to stop since.
0: Awesome. Ian, did you yeah, do a good so job?
3: Fingers. Or uh... <laughs> <laughs> She did a great job. I mean, that's uh, pretty much... Explain. I mean, just to add to what she said. um, Yeah, we sort of like, as you can tell, kind of just started by accident. And it, it is very funny, like when when we finished that first song before handing it off to a producer, the attitude at that point was like, oh, my gosh, we did it. Like, let's let's celebrate this by making it a thing. And if it never happens again, then this one was a thing. And through the process of finding a producer working with said producer uh, by the way it's an artist named Landon Conrath not in this genre but definitely worth checking out He was amazing and it kind of I think we just realized through being there working on a song that stuff clicked like while we were there in the Airbnb we wrote the next song that we released and like it just snowballed from there so um, yeah I mean I think you can kind of tell as well through our lyrics that like Uh, mental health and relationships and like personal growth and all that kind of stuff is like imbued in everything that we do. Um, I mean, that's where we started just even as friends. And we've been through a lot, you know, in that vein. And, um, you know, so like, it's just an effort of like putting our lives and our love of music into what we're doing now. And it just hasn't stopped since we started. Yeah. and I mean,
1: he mentioned
0: like, oh, go for it. No, go for it. All you
1: I was just gonna tell a funny story about the first single that we've released. Go so for it. we wrote it kind of on accident, didn't think we'd finish it. We were like, Hell oh, yeah, we made a fucking song, like this is probably never gonna happen again. So let's throw a party. So we literally had a giant release party for our song. We rented a space, we had balloons with the song title, we had <laughs> Mario Kart and a projector in the corner, we catered Froyo, we invited way too many people who like rented a space. And so we literally balled out for our song. And like, even if it never happened again, we were like, we fucking did it. We never thought we would do it. We're gonna, we're gonna do it up. And so um, we were all excited to release it and we were holding it really tight and we were trying not to show people. And then when I uploaded it for distribution a few days before the party, cause we uploaded it super late. I accidentally um, released it a year into the past and so, as soon as I clicked submit, it posted to <laughs> every single streaming platform in the entire universe. And so, a couple hours later, we're looking at our phones and we're like, wait, wait a second, this isn't supposed to be out yet. And so, it kind of ruined the prize. And we were ineligible to pitch for playlists, but we didn't really know what that meant all that well back then. But it was kind of a cluster. And the party was hilarious and awesome. It's where we ended up meeting our drummer and, uh, well, not meeting him, but getting planting that seed um right. so it was just it was fun like from the beginning it's sort of been the attitude of like we're just happy to be here we didn't feel like we earned it or by any means like we just we're just happy that we did it and that we just keep doing it
3: <laughs> caveat to that for those that don't know us that well um celebrating a you know a first release sounds normal but I I feel like like us at that time the idea of literally throwing a party for anything that we had done that in and of itself was an achievement like to have a mindset of like wait we actually did something let's celebrate it Uh, you know like coming out of that like the disaster of 2020 and everything like it was so hard to have a positive mindset it was so hard to like you know everything seems so volatile and like disastrous that like what okay you wrote a song why celebrate like changing that mindset into like a positive thing was a victory for us, you know?
1: Um, yeah. April 2022. Nobody. Yeah. yeah. We we're ready to party.
0: <laughs> and I, I think that's one of those things, like, obviously it was a conscious decision to, to do all that, but I think kind of to Ian's point, like subconsciously it's, it's that shift of mindset that even if this is the only one that we've ever create and, and do anything with like, in our minds, at least now we've done something like we can take that step forward.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Yeah, awesome. Um, So you guys are based out of Chicago, let's talk a little bit about the pandemic in Chicago, because talk about a shit show up there, right? Um, I'm from <laughs> Indiana. So we, we secondhand heard a lot of the news that was going on up there. But you guys had like crazy fucking lockdowns, the Curfews, mm-hmm. all sorts of weird shit going on. What was it like trying to just survive? Really, not even in the the music creation, but just being able to survive the day to day life.
1: It was very stressful. Um, I don't think we saw anyone but each other for the first probably. It might sound bad, but honestly, probably for the first month or two, and then we finally found our little COVID bubble and somehow i mean we were close but we weren't so close with ian that i would have expected to be in his full quarantine pod but somehow we got ian in our pod and it was awesome and so we just kind of all stuck together out of necessity after that i was like well we're the only people that we get to hang (laughs) out with um and also making sure we saw our families as much as we could and safely and things like that um but We weren't a band yet. We weren't really writing yet. Um, Sawyer and I had decided to sign up for some online music classes. (laughs) So we were like trying to learn how to write songs because everyone was being so creative in the pandemic and we were like, we should probably do that too. Um, And that definitely planted some seeds. Nothing really came out of it. We had this uh, really sick, emo, moody cover of um, Amnesia by Five Seconds of Summer that we made. (laughs) And that was actually the first time I ever tracked vocals. And I had to have like three drinks before I put the microphone in my hand. I was so nervous. I was shaking. It was just me and Sawyer in the room. And I'm like, I can't do it. i like, was just so, it was so foreign to me. Um, yeah. And that was, that feels like yesterday. But um, just, it was like a balance of, t- like everything was being taken so seriously. But you, that gets so exhausting. So it's like, how do you, Take seriously what you need to take serious and how do you let go of the rest and how do you let go of things you can't control? And um when is it okay to make the best of a situation, even if that makes you feel guilty to do or to say? Um I think that was something I was wrestling with a lot during the pandemic.
0: Yeah. Ian, anything yeah. to add on that? Being no, special and adding agree. to the pod. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I mean, well, so I'm, like, ridiculously extroverted, and so, like, I would have lost my mind if I had had to stay, like, only in my house, and I did for, for, uh, for the first bit, because a lot of Courtney's family, who they were trying to see at the time, um, you know, had medical stuff that they wanted to really be careful about, and, uh yeah, it was it was interesting. I mean, I at the time, I mean, we both, I think, saw two different sides of the city because they were living down on more on the south side in Pilsen. Um, and I was up in basically Wrigleyville um at the time. And it, to me, it was very it was very strange because Wrigleyville is like one of the most constantly active places in Chicago. If you haven't yeah. been like it's right by where the cubs play uh it's also like boys town like the gay gay neighborhood that never stops partying and i say that with the most love um it's they're basically the same area and so all of a sudden there's like you know like nobody in the street you can see the little like things blowing in the wind like a western movie or whatever like
1: it was so weird it was a
3: (laughs) night and day difference and um you know it was yeah i don't know that it, it was kind of a shock especially to somebody who kind of liked at the time that energy um but i think you know because of that like i was itching to to create and figure things out and all that stuff like i delved into mental health stuff for the first time i uh really started getting to know myself to try and prevent myself from like freaking out and all that kind of stuff and that you know, I started learning tools there that have I've been using ever since. Uh, you know, and uh, I don't know. It the city it was very interesting. I like I know, like you said, there's a lot of big stuff that happened on the news. Uh, you know, and whether people agree or disagree with how it was handled, one of the things that I actually really loved about the city, um, and like I've come from like smaller towns and stuff. And, like I I know, like my family has gone to grocery stores outside of Chicago, and like. People want to get in fights on like, don't make me wear my mask or whatever. Yeah. For the most part, from what I saw in the city, whether they liked it or not, people kind of just got with the program. And we weren't fighting each other as much as we were just kind of getting through it, which was nice. Um, I did like that about the city um, because it made it a lot easier to kind of focus on the things that actually matter and, you know, wrestle with the things that are actually important to wrestle with, like what Courtney was talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, whether you're pro mask or vax or any of that or not, like we don't have to get into the politics of it, but I think that's one of those things that Americans are incredibly ignorant towards, right? Like in Japanese culture, for example, even before the pandemic, like if someone in your family was sick, everybody wore a mask so that you didn't spread that illness to others out of respect and and honor for the family and whatnot. And we get asked to do it and we're like, no, nope, fuck you, I'm not doing that. And it's like, but why? Yeah.
3: Right.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Every man for themselves in this country.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It,
3: yeah well, it, I think- it's so bizarre. One of the things that's always weird to me is like when you're standing up for your rights, I think you're always, and this applies to everything, you're standing up for your right to choose. Right. So you can choose to be a dick about it or you can choose to be nice about it, but that choice is still yours. And, and you having the right actually makes you more culpable for like, how you choose to act, yeah, because it's it's your free yeah, choice. It's so, so funny,
1: the hearing of straight white males talk about fighting for the right to choose, treacherous <laughs> <laughs> territory, treacherous territory. But, I, but I've been a supporter. There's so. context, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, mm-hmm. then you you can't you get a little get a little taste, get a little taste.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I think you know it's one of those things that it's because of the social standard that was in existence for so long your point even as a joke is very true right like the second a straight white male especially middle-aged I'm 38 like my opinion is dog shit no matter if it's the right opinion or not (laughs) Uh, it's funny how that works yeah yeah it's brutal um so let's talk a little I bit on the your opinion. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the mental health side. You know, you guys do put it in your music. Obviously, you know, you went through some some fairly severe traumas. Talk about, you know, Ian touched on like kind of having to build your toolkit through the pandemic of how do I process what I'm dealing with, and then especially to lose people that close to you. How do I you know, what, what can I do at this point?
1: Yeah, it was funny timing for me because I was for sure clinically depressed and had severe undiagnosed social anxiety for years before ever seeking treatment or help or realizing that maybe that was possible. I just thought I was plagued with being a snowflake that was unique and no one else had these problems, so no one else could fix them. Um, so it was kind of my attitude, and and there was a part of me that, that enjoyed that and made me feel different. Um, but really, I was using that to grab onto because I was suffering. Um, and so in January 2020, when our band broke up, we also lost like a majority of our friend group because that's who we started the band with. And so these yeah. were other guys that we had played with in church band they were our best friends um and we went through a lot before we kind of decided to part ways and one of the members not so caring or lovingly suggested i get some help professionally for myself and he was using it as like a you're the problem in this type of thing but i weaponizing it against you Exactly. And I thought maybe the best thing I could do was just say, you know what? I, I could use some help. Sure, like I'll get some help if that's gonna solve this, if we get to be friends, if you think that's let's do it. I'll try it. And so in January 2020 was when I had my first counseling appointment, my first therapy session ever. And so as like a prelude to the shit fest of my life that would happen in the <laughs> next few months, I had just started therapy and so um, if you've done therapy you know that at the beginning there's a lot of um like logistics and stuff you have to work through some admins so you're like talking about your family history and your medical history and how old you are and growing up and you kind of have to get through all that shit before you can get to what is currently on your mind and so by the time all of that happened I had been through the admin stuff and was at the point where I had learned kind of the dialogue and like how to talk to a counselor and a therapist and how maybe this was going to help me. And um, let me tell you, I just thought it was the dumbest shit. I would sit in the car before my appointment with Sawyer and I'd be like, please don't make me go in. I don't want to do this. (laughs) I don't think I ever was like excited to go. And then I was usually glad that I went, but sometimes I'd come into the car and be like, my counselor is such a freaking idiot she doesn't know what she's talking about <laughs> like she doesn't yeah. understand um and some of the stuff she said was just it just make me so mad but um with that it's like we just decided it was something that you don't want to do and maybe you're not even glad that you did and you don't think you're learning anything but then six weeks go by or even six months and all of a sudden something will hit you from a therapy session that you learned about yourself and you're like damn okay I am learning stuff <laughs> from this And so when people ask what it's like, um, I say it's like taking a college level course on yourself and you're learning like way too much about yourself and stuff that you never thought you needed to know, or maybe wanted to know. And I, I'm like a very self-aware person. I was like, this, this bitch can't teach me nothing. I already know about myself and boy, was I wrong. So I think counseling definitely helped, um, And I had gone for a few months in 2020, and then when the pandemic hit, um, I sort of stopped. And then when my sister died, it was the last thing I wanted to do. But two weeks after she died, I scheduled a session and was like, I'm just going to force myself to go because I I know this well enough, like it's going to help me. It's going to suck ass, but it's going to help me. And so just continuing to do that had been huge. Um, and then I won't speak for them, but getting, getting these two little buggies into therapy was a bit like pulling teeth, at least for Sawyer, um, at first, but I think they've both sort of learned to love it. And, um, I think sadly, when we get into fights, it can be a little bit of a, like, oh, it sounds like you, <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> you probably should talk to them about this, not me. Um, but it's, it's also like something that I'm very proud of all of us for stepping into and doing because Therapy was definitely a huge thing. Um, And therapy is like, what I think of, similarly to medication because I am medicated for depression and social anxiety, is that all of those things, medication, therapy, tools, it's like, it's a doorway that appears and maybe didn't exist for you before, but now it's there and you can walk through it, but it's you that has to do it. And so therapy is great, but you you got to put in some work too and same with like medication, like now it feels like there's a way out, but you still have to, to do the work to get through it. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, for sure.
3: Yeah. I don't, know
1: did, guys, what about you? I
3: don't know, like for me, you know, i had had some experience with therapy growing up because um, I was diagnosed with ADHD. I did to see a psychiatrist in order to have my medication prescribed. So at least on some regular basis, I was in counseling and talking um with people who could make those decisions for me um but uh and a, a little bit in college but you know it was funny is like uh even before i started regular therapy early on in the pandemic i started sort of a journey that was really like helped by by uh courtney and our whole friend group um in, in getting to know myself um not to go sp- specifically deep into any specific tools, but um, uh, there's this thing called the Enneagram. And that really helped me start understanding myself in some new ways. And like, in ways that were hard to come to terms with, like, to be clear, like, you know, that means recognizing the good and the bad, the stuff that you like, the stuff that you don't like. Um, And, you know, even outside of therapy, that was important for me. Um, Having somebody guide you through that process in ways can certainly also be helpful but speaking for myself one of the most frustrating things about it is like I'm a fixer I like to like just okay what's the solution here let's just do it yep for the most part (laughs) and so like I want somebody to say like was I an idiot there did I do the wrong thing and therapists aren't there to say that yeah they're they're there to kind of help you think about it and help you decide who you want to be and how you want to have handled things and you know and all that kind of stuff. And they're there to make suggestions for sure, but it was never like a can you just like I just want somebody, what do I do next time so that this doesn't happen? Yeah, it's never there's never like that clear answer. I have no problem usually like being candid with a therapist. Um, you know, I, I understand the boundaries of those, that relationship, I feel very free to talk about myself and whatever. And that's, that's cool, but that only gets me so far. Right. Um, if I can't, you know, figure out how to take ownership and maybe that sounds easy to some people, but it's not easy for me. So like, that's a continual process for me. Um, but I'm definitely very glad that I've been in that process. Uh, and what, Therapy's value to me has definitely changed quite a bit over time, depending on what I'm looking at. Yeah. So it's just one of those things like now that I'm just very grateful for the people in my life who were already doing it and could talk about it like a normal thing. I was never really worried about the stigma of it because like I said, I was exposed to it as a young kid, but um, it's expensive and there's other things that people would like to be doing, you know, spending their time. <laughs> doing and so even just from that perspective like it's it's valuable like whether you think that there's a stigma or not like it's funny like as a guitar player one of my biggest pieces of advice to anybody starting the instrument for the first time is to get a stand for the thing because it is so funny how often you won't pick up a guitar because they're like oh man I gotta open the case right I gotta pick it up and then I gotta oh I gotta put it away when it's done like it's like the act of starting implementing something new into your life, like starting therapy, it's it sucks for a lot of people. Even if it's not like considered weird, it's like ah, I don't want to do that. I don't need to bother. Like just do it. Like, yeah, it's I'm I'm grateful for people in my life to have like pushed me to do it because yeah. it, it it's been great. Yeah, try
1: so. it and go in with as much skepticism as you want. What will your mind be rough. Well, for and sure. but
3: like like Courtney was saying though, like commit for like at least six weeks yeah that level of skepticism is 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 fine just give it some time you got to get past the get to know you phase and stuff like
0: yeah for sure it's funny you you won't like
2: it yeah you will not like
1: it (laughs) i
0: I hated it when i started uh so i've been doing therapy for about a year now and it's funny i hear bits and pieces out of both of you that i'm like yep that's me too you know like super self-aware, definitely knew where I was or where I thought I was in, in life and everything. And then like Ian, I'm, I'm such a fixer uh, on a recent conversation with my therapist. We were talking about some previous burnt bridge relationships and I'm such a fixer that I'm like, you know, I, I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do that. And she goes, okay, Josh, who set the fire to the bridge? Was it you? And I was like, "What." Well, no, you know, like it really came from their side. And she goes, okay, then why are you responsible for fixing the bridge? And I'm like, Oh shit. Like I, what? <laughs> yeah. Totally messed me up. Damn. Yeah.
1: My job.
0: Yeah. It was, it was brutal, but in the best sort of way, because now I've, I've started evaluating those relationships and I'm like, yeah, no, it's not my responsibility. The door's open over here. You have to just come over, mm-hmm. you know? So um, yeah, I think therapy is, is one of those things that like, there's a dollar value assessed to it. So yes, you can say what it costs or whatever, but like, it's an invaluable tool for anyone. I mean, it Mm. is so important.
1: Yeah. I don't know if this is a projection, but what you said resonated so hard with like what your therapist said totally messed you up. And it's like, you sort of trade one thing for another. So I've been through a lot of issues with my friends with the band. And so I would lay in bed at night and think about what I could have said differently, what I could have done differently, what I could say tomorrow to maybe make it better. But then when I started talking to a therapist about it, then you're sitting in bed going, they set the fire to the bridge. It's not my job to fix it. You're just like repeating a different thing to yourself. It's still about the same thing. It doesn't make it go away, but it's like, all of a sudden you're on a different side of it. You're looking at it from a different angle and, I'd rather go to bed with those thoughts versus the other ones. Not that either is easy to have and hold and carry, but it's much better. And you're actually, you know, you're like working through it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And therapy therapy is good. It's yeah. Like what they've been talking about, like, uh, like external problems and like friendships. But for me, like it's, it was really helpful for like my internal situation and like my past, like growing up the way I did. And like, I was holding a lot of things in me that, yeah. like, therapy has helped, you know, bring out of me that I didn't even really know about.
1: Yeah. Childhood trauma. Yeah, therapy was huge for us during the panty. And then for me and Soy, I think into uh distraction. And after my, like, going through grieving and stuff, um, distraction was huge. So we played a lot of Switch, uh, a lot of Mario Kart, and a lot of Jackbox games on Zoom. We love a good game love video games love movies and like like i said it, it can be hard because you guilty for like not thinking about things you think you should be thinking about that sounded like a spongebob quote <laughs> but um my counselor would always say like i'd say oh my gosh i just can't focus on work like i just i played mario kart for five hours yesterday like what's wrong with me i am almost 30 like i shouldn't be doing this it should be like distraction is a coping mechanism and right now you need to cope and that's healthy and that's a good thing and so i'd sit there with my controller with mario Kart, be like this is good for me (laughs) and it was and it's like hard for me to think that way but i think that was huge at least for me personally and then it was fun to be able to play with
0: these yeah yeah i i mean i've always so i'm 38 like i said and depression has been in my life as long as i can remember I literally just earlier this year, got my actual diagnosis on it. Um, I knew what it was going to be. But when she Mm -hmm. still read the results to me after the doing the the DSM and all that, I'm like, okay, that's heavy. Like, let's, let's figure out how to unpack all this now. Um, But it's funny, because, you know, you mentioned distraction, and I'm the same way. I'm like, I start looking at stuff. And it's because of my history and whatnot. I'm like, I'm doing these things as a distraction, playing video games, or I'll just sink myself into doom scrolling through Spotify or YouTube, you know, discovering music. And then five, six, seven hours goes by. And I'm like, I've done nothing productive. What the fuck has I, you know what I mean? Like, and then I start panicking a little bit and I'm like, no, I need it today. Uh Tomorrow's a new day. I'll do everything else tomorrow. Yes. Yes. It's all
3: 100%. it's all a balance though cuz like you know right. I said like when I started getting to know myself I had expect accept the good and the bad one of the first things that I did realize about myself is that I, I am a distraction king but I try and keep everything positive always and um and I'm really good at it and that convicted me that convicted me really hard though so I'm like oh man that's horrible I'm avoiding all of my issues and stuff and so like my first reaction to that was like okay I need to take everything seriously and like I, oh man, that sucked for so long. And it, I had to relearn that. Like, yes, wait a minute. it does. It's good though. Like, it's good to cope. Just also make sure that you're processing things in ways that aren't gonna like delay or prolong the things that are causing you difficulty or pain. Like, that's the real key. Like, cope and also protect your future self at the same time. Like, it's this balance of like live. How like how do you take care of yourself now? And how do you take care of yourself sometime in the future?
0: Right. Yeah. I think too, the, the thing is, you know, we talk about distractions and music is obviously that for all of us, right? Like how many times have we just sat, yeah, just sat in a dark fucking room or sat in the shower with songs playing because we need to cope. Oh yeah. Uh, So talk a little bit about that, you know, as you guys are are working through and decide that music is the thing that, that we're going to push for, when did or how did that affect that type of coping for you as you started writing songs? That's
1: such an interesting question. I think all I'll the start. Of music is I think, so
3: yeah, Go let me start because it. Courtney's gonna have a more interesting answer. Um, <laughs> you were just shredding I'll and think. it was cool, <laughs> so yeah, like for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For me, my music taste has always been there, uh, like my whole life has been music, um, and I was surrounded by a musical family and all that kind of stuff, I've learned all sorts of different instruments growing up, I've had some primary ones, most of them I wouldn't care to admit, that. like I wouldn't identify myself as a player of most of those instruments, but um, Are you a clarinet boy? No, I was a trumpet boy. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. okay. Yeah, Tr- like trumpet to to guitar. Yeah, that's fair it's actually a fair switch if you get into like the personalities of musicians and all that kind of stuff like I loved to do when I was growing up it is kind of funny to look at but it was one of those things like I picked up guitar mainly because like trumpet was really easy and fun to do in school because they facilitated that but like I said like and I played it through college but in college I was like realizing wait a minute once I graduate it's going to be hard to do music daily with the trumpet, and so, like, let's do guitar, it's Fuck easy, and everybody has one, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> no, seriously, Um, and so, you know, so I picked up guitar, and that was, it was just, like, you, like, it was a utility at that point, like, like, yep, I want to keep music in my life, let's figure out a easy way to do that, but I really fell in love with it, and, like, by the time that we were Playing in, in church together. Like, I was still kind of new. They actually had to convince me to play on stage because I was nervous. But, like, then fast forward and around the, the time that we, wow, well, yeah. <laughs> in fact, you know, around the time though that we were starting to maybe talk about like creating our own stuff, like at that point though, I've already had years and years and years of knowing that like this was something that I was going to do for myself in my bedroom, regardless of where it went. It only really became what it is now because. Of them. Right. Um, and it is both music means what it has always meant to me, but this is also a way for it to mean new things and more things. Um, so I would have done it anyway. Courtney's got a more interesting answer. <laughs> is that, is
1: that your segue?
3: <laughs> Yeah, I'm passing the ball.
1: Okay, great. Um. Yeah. So growing up, I feel like every kid, or maybe not, maybe is just false, but like most children like pretend to be a singer and like like to sing in the car or like do karaoke and they have their favorite bands and they. Um, I feel like that's pretty normal, and, and most people do like the you know, thing or like music in school or choir and things like that. So I just thought it was regular. Obviously, I love to sing in my. Age. AIM screen name was love to sing three, four, five, like way back in the day. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that's like what people like, like everyone likes to sing, of course. And so I didn't really think about it. Um, and my older sister, the one that passed, was a singer and she was an amazing singer. And she just had like the aura too. Like you just met her and like she exuded that energy. And so I was like, you know what? Older sister, younger sister dynamic, like. I don't want that competition in my life. I will just sit here in her shadow and ask. It was like my <laughs> younger sister, middle child, emo, booty mentality. Um, and so she definitely did the singing thing far after I had quit. I probably quit at the age of like, I did choir in school up until freshman year of high school, but that was it. And it was like pulling teeth to get me to do it. It's so like, I had pretty much pitched the music thing until I think freshman year of high school is when I picked up drums at church, so um wasn't really singing, uh, didn't want to play drums. I really didn't want to do any of it. <laughs> I was like, uber insecure, I had massive stage fright. Um, I just said, yeah, I did not want to, I cried when my parents signed me up for drum lessons. So I was like, please don't make me do it. Um, I really don't want to go. And literally the teacher would come to our house, but it was only half an hour. Like looking back, I'm like, oh, suck it up. But I really didn't want to do it. Um, but I loved music. Um, I come from a large family. We had, we had seven children and then we have my parents and then we had a dog. He, really he was a tiny. <laughs> but uh, my dad had some pretty wacky uh, rules growing up and like, don't get me wrong. I had an awesome time growing up in that house, but it was insanity. Um, and so one of the rules was no headphones, no mm-hmm. headphones in the house, no headphones on road trips. If we were on an airplane together, no headphones um when you did your homework you had to be at the kitchen table you couldn't be in your room the only time you had a door closed and locked was if you were taking a shit or a shower that was the only time you were allowed to close a door and lock it otherwise like you could not be alone and all i wanted to do was be alone and so in middle school um my best friend moved to nebraska and that was like the end of my world as i knew it everything was crumbling down and like we already went to different schools which was hard enough and like all of a sudden she was leaving me um, I was going to sixth grade. She was going to seventh grade. And so for my birthday that year, her parents got me an iPod, an iPod <laughs> Nano. It was purple. And we named him Perry. And then she had an iPod, my best friend. It was purple. It was an iPod Nano, And his name was Terry. And they were gay. And they were twins. And that was <laughs> like, I don't know. That's like our way of, instead of like friendship necklaces or something, Like right. we had purple iPods. And they were gay twin brothers and Perry and Terry. Um and I didn't have my own iTunes and way too many siblings for that shit. So I had to just download whatever my older brother and older sister had because they were the king and queen of the iTunes account and the lime wire and all that stuff. So I just downloaded all their stuff. Um and I when my dad wasn't home yet when I got home from school, I would go upstairs and put my headphones in and I would blast um Evanescence. That was my shit. And I would uh-huh. like sing my immortal and stare out the window and like just I had no idea what it means I still don't know what some of those songs are about and I it's just like it wasn't I didn't even care like, what she was saying it just it made me feel something and I got really into um the rocket summer if you know who that is yes um
0: Bryce is amazing
1: I loved him. he like, like if I ever saw him in concert the second he uttered a note like I was in a puddle of tears and like I yeah. wasn't usually showing emotion like that in, in public and so it was um it was always crazy but um the music just really touched me and like Bryce would sing about these things that I didn't know anyone else was thinking and I just was like how how is there someone out there who feels the same way and how is it this like super hot angel voice like pop punk singer dude that's like super talented I'm like if he feels that like that makes me feel so much better and so I always connected with music I was connected with um like the pop punk genre and stuff like that but I mainly just played drums at church because I had to I didn't really think it was going to be a thing um I sort of tried to make it a thing but it was like self-protective to not try because if I tried really hard and still wasn't good at it then like then I totally suck. But if I'm not good, it's like, oh, you know, I never practice, like, whatever. Like I was just kind of that person that was like, meh. So like never really practiced. I didn't really care. And that was like a protection mechanism out of being a perfectionist. Um, and so I don't know, like, like, like I said, when I was a kid, I'd be like, sure, I want to be a singer, yeah. But like everyone does that totally changed um once I started to develop insecurities and things like that. Um, and so I never, ever, ever thought I would be doing this. Um, and then when I got to college and met Sawyer, that was around the time my sister started to really get sick. She struggled with bipolar. We would later learn um, way too late. but um, she started to get really really sick and she was fiercely battling addiction that had been kept secret for a long time. And so it all kind of like came out at once and was a lot. And like the one she used to sing at church, um, she used to, sing in front of people all the time, do recitals, like I said, she had the most beautiful voice, and, like, she was amazing at it, and my brother would drum, and they were, like, the it people, like, the worship band, but once she got sick, all of that went to shit, and once she started drinking, all of that was gone, and, um, the only way we would ever get to hear her sing is when she would go in her room with her acoustic guitar and, like, record a YouTube video, and so she would post YouTube covers, and, like, she did that until, the month that she died, like she was still doing YouTube covers, self-teaching herself the guitar, like singing. It just was always something that totally tethered her to the earth and tethered her to herself. And it was like a way that she was able to express how she was feeling. And like I said, any music I had was from her and from my older brother. And like, that was who I learned from and who I saw playing and singing. And um, so I think it was always like my dream, slash everyone else's expectation that she would be the singer and like she would go on American Idol and she would win and she would be in a band and maybe we'll start a family band and we're with the Partridge family and um everyone on the outside like totally thought she was going to be a celebrity and I mean we did too but once she got sick and, and started having battling her addiction like we saw a different side of it that no one else saw we were very private yeah. about it at the time now we're very open but no one no one really knew and so they would always be like oh, I don't see your sister sing anymore. She was so good. And I would just say, oh, you know, like so busy after college and um, stuff like that. And so I think when she passed away, there were like two two ways I could go. Like, okay, well, she was the singer. I'm going to leave that for her. That will always be her. But I, I like to think that the reason I was able to start writing in 2021 is like that's from her and that's what she left with me when she went and so if she can't be here to do it like somebody's got to do it and if that's what tethered her like then maybe that'll tether me to her and we both love these artists that made us feel less alone and if I can do that for someone in like a way that she would have then that's huge to me and so I like to think that she left out with me and that I'm sort of carrying on her voice for her. So like, if you would have told me two years ago that I'd be singing on stage in front of anyone, I would have laughed my ass off. Like that is the most, that is the most ridiculous and ludicrous statement in the entire universe. That's like saying pigs are going to fly. Like I was so, I mean, when Ian met me, when Sora met me, just a bundle of insecurity, undiagnosed mental illness, living with my sister who was an addict and having, you know, uh, like bipolar breakdowns and things like I just was not I would never I would have laughed so hard it would have brought a big smile to my face and so um that's kind of where I'm at now is like anytime I step on the stage and speak into a microphone I'm like I cannot believe I'm doing this right now this is the most insane thing ever um but that's just sort of how I'm trying to carry on my sister's legacy in a way and I like to think she sort of gifted me with that when she left
0: yeah for sure and i think you know a couple things i want to touch on number one i think what you said there towards the end is is exactly the pop punk ethos right like being able to to create art or songs or whatever you know word you want to associate with it that helps other people understand that they're not the only ones battling something has always been the punk pop pop punk side of stuff and i think it's it's funny because like a lot of people that are outside of this genre or older and looking into this genre, don't associate that. They just see it as, you know, Oh, it's these whiny sad boys or it's, you know, whatever. And it's like, yeah, but we're all whiny sad boys. You know what I mean? Like we've all been through breakups. We've all dealt with all this sort of stuff. (laughs) Like these, you know, I've, I've said it a ton on this podcast and I've, you know, had this conversation with friends and family before you know, growing up, I was very much that kid listening to metal, pop, punk, whatever, and family would hear it. And why do you listen to all this angry music or all this sad music or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, because I I understand what they're saying. Like, for me, I've lived what they're living, you know, like, that's pushing me forward. So it is really cool to hear you kind of associate that and, and know that, you know, not that, There's like an obligation, a self-imposed obligation, right? Like, I know that this is what this means to people, so I'm going to do it. Uh, The other thing I wanted to touch on was I had to look up the the dates or which album it was, but going back to Bryce Avery, this is how incredibly powerful he was in the mid 2000s. When Do You Feel came out in 2007, the Alternative Press website crashed because they were doing an AMA with him. Yeah. And they had to rebuild the entire fucking website in 2010 and launched a whole new one where the founder, Mike, in his press release is like, Bryce, I dare you to try to fucking break it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: my God. That is the most amazing story I've ever heard. God, I love yeah. So
0: much. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's so fucking incredible. And like, you know, he's one of those people that him and like Andrew McMahon, both, y'all have way too much fucking talent, right? Like, the summer know. and then you've got andrew mcmahon slash jack's mannequin slash you know whatever mm-hmm. all his you know bands were and it's like how the fuck can you be this incredibly talented like andrew mcmahon is so talented that you've got these alternate bands that are in different genres because you're so good you don't even have to just stay in your own genre yeah. oh it's- yeah mind blowing um so for you guys as you're you're pushing forward here again like i said at the beginning you know my tiktok algorithm is all about you guys so something you're doing is working what's it like starting to see this traction and and people responding to the music and you know obviously you're seeing the comments because you're stitching the videos and stuff but like what's it like going from well we did one thing you know we put out one song that was good enough that's all we cared about to Holy shit, people care about what I'm saying.
1: Oh, it could not have come at a more perfect time with the more perfect song. Like, I am, I could not be happier that the, that the TikTok to catch was One More Night because this is the song that encapsulates that whole pop punk ethos that articulates it in the I way I know how. and. When I perform it live, this is what I share about my sister. Um, and I talk a lot about it from stage. And every time before I do it, question whether you should do it. You should do it anyway. I did because people.
0: Oh, should I did you say I can We're, talk in the meantime? Yeah, I think while they're playing with what audio setup they're using. Cool. Um
3: yeah, well I think yeah, what she was sort of getting to is like we have we're sitting in a song right now that's going to be coming out um on the 17th that it it is it's a really big deal and it's a really honest song um called One More Night and like it is kind of crazy that that's the one that took off because we just like rarely I think posted any unreleased stuff and if so it was like a, hey, should we turn this into a thing and like it kind of blew up and was like, wait, where is this? Can we, we want to listen now? And which was amazing. And so we actually kind of worked with our producer, like, hey, can we speed this up? Let's like, <laughs> let's make it, you know, let's put it out now. Um, and it's been, it's been huge. Like the the TikTok and social media side of things is is kind of crazy and foreign to me. Um, and it's the it's the part that I struggle to learn and and catch up with as like the person that just wants to like make music, and that's all that I really care about. Um And like they, like Sawyer and Courtney both like have like a lot of experience with content production, and like Courtney does like social media professionally. And so like they get it. And that's good and bad, because when you have an idea of how things do work, um, like a really real idea of how things do work, when you want to just blow up and be a famous band and stuff, you know how much is in the way of that. Yeah. Um. So like, yeah, I think for it to have started happening on a song that means so much to us is really cool. And it's exciting to see where it goes. And I'll see if they can. Yeah. Add see to see that. if their
0: audio
1: is good. <laughs> I'm gonna break my computer in half if this doesn't work.
0: <laughs> it sounds good <laughs> <think> so far.
1: <laughs> um, I might put my foot in my mouth when I say this, but um, like Ian said, he loves music, and he wants to do music, and he's always enjoyed doing music. I am not the same way. Um, I don't get the same fulfillment from it. That's not the part of the process that lights me up, and I feel like that's maybe a hot take like most people when they're doing their grammy speech or when they're being interviewed they're like showing the home video footage of when they were 4 years old and saying like i knew i never wanted to be anything different and this was always what i was pushing towards like nope <laughs> we just started doing this 2 years ago um and so i think i'm very impatient so i'm happy that it happened so fast but like the goal for me has always been to make people feel heard and less alone and considered and especially after my sister died like I had my own struggles before that. And um, the song one more night, like is legitimately about committing to staying alive for one more night, because you honestly don't know if you can or you want to, or you will. And that was a a place I was in for so long. Um, And I just never saw a way out of it. And, and that was before the pandemic and before my sister died and um, just like, now I'm not only okay with going to sleep at night for another night, but I'm excited for next week because we have a song coming out. And like before I didn't look forward to anything. Like if if I thought about next week, instant panic attack, um, I could not. And so it's just like,
3: well, and not to mention even being around like excited by a song, not to mention even being excited by a song that you've done. Like that's not always been a thing. And now you're looking forward to this release
1: yeah it's a lot of internal battles and like we we (laughs) it's expensive to be in a band it takes a lot of time um i have a very corporate nine to five job that takes up a lot of my life ian has a corporate job sawyer's a freelancer like we're all busy it's mentally exhausting um being on stage is very vulnerable you know families have a lot of opinions and like i we're actually writing a, a new song sort of about this but like it used to be cool to be in a band no matter what like if you were the shittiest band playing in your basement you were still like a fucking god at least that's how it was for me like the kids that were in bands were so sick now maybe it's because we're old or whatever but like in today's day and age if you're in a band just for funsies and you're not a celebrity like it's, why is it like embarrassing? Like those people aren't yeah. cool anymore. They're like annoying. Trying to like, hey, come to my show, like, come see my band. It's like, yeah, okay, sure. Like, it's kind of embarrassing. It kind of lost that touch, and so it's hard. And you're posting on TikTok, you're posting your music, nobody cares. You're getting two hundred views. And you think nobody hears you, and so I think, I mean, I would have had it be any song, obviously, but it, I couldn't have picked a better one. Like, I'm just so. I'm so fucking happy. And the comments that we get, I read every single one. I respond to every single one. I pin them all the time. I'm starting an Excel sheet with all these people's <laughs> handles so we can keep in touch. Um, we're designing merch for the song. We're making stickers. Like, if, it's just so crazy that this song with this message, like to, ha- to have people resonate. My sister actually housed us in LA when we were working on it. And she was asking each of us, okay, so like, what's your goal? with the band. And Ian was like, I would love to do it full-time, be able to quit my job. Um, I think Sawyer said the same thing. And I was like, honestly, I just want people to hear my music, like a lot of people to hear my music and for it to make them feel less alone. And I was like, that sort of just happened. And like, I think I hit my goal. Like that doesn't mean I'm going to stop or that I'm like, wow, this feels great. I'm done. Um, Awesome. Like I still, it's still hard um, the song still has to come out. All these people have to actually listen from TikTok and kind of follow through on their piece. Right. But um, just to, I had this moment of like pure rest, which has maybe never happened to me before of just like, that was my goal. And like it, I it, like we did it <laughs> and it was with yeah. this song and people hear it and they care and they feel us alone and, and it's not even out yet. So like my, my vision for the future is like that it just keeps going and going and going and um, for that purpose like I said I love making music I do and I love being on stage I love performing um but the the making of the music it is a part of it for me but it is not the part the part is at the merch table when someone cries and hugs me and says thank you so much for sharing I was gonna go home tonight and didn't know if I could make it through and I I promise you I would and so I will I'm going to be here tomorrow and like we're all crying in the girls' bathroom and hanging out. Like that's that's yeah. for me, that's what does it. And so the more that this song reaches people, the more that TikToks reach people, like the more moments like that can happen in real life, face to face. Um, so that's that's really what I want to do with it. So just it's like an indescribable feeling um to read through those comments on TikTok and to have it have been this song that got there.
0: Yeah. And I think you know, something I've said to a lot of bands and virtually every single one has agreed. Like there's obviously different measures of of success, right? We live in a very fucking capitalistic world. Money is Mm -hmm. king, but, uh, realistically, when you're an artist and creating art, like the ultimate reward is someone resonating with your art and saying, this made me feel something. Um, so, you know, Mm -hmm. like, sure. Don't get me wrong we all want millions of dollars right like that's just life <laughs> but at the end of the day like you said courtney like to just be able to put out music and have people reach out and be like thank you for this this matters you know it's like okay i don't need that fucking paycheck anymore i just need to hear that
1: yeah exactly you know
3: it's it's funny because like i think the way that you said that really resonated with me too like um i want people to resonate with me too but my main language is music And so like, I get a lot of fulfillment out of writing something that Courtney and Sawyer want to continue with. Right. You know, like one of the, one of the best feelings I had recently was like writing something and Courtney was like, I'm tearing up listening to what you wrote. Cause like we're we're, working, might be working on something a little less high energy. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know.
2: Yeah.
3: But like, you know, it's like, like that feels really great for me, but like the torch gets picked up and brought so much further when lyrics and so much intention is added that I Don't bring to it. Like I've done my piece so that she can do hers, but that same fulfillment is there.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, it's music is a universal language, right? Like obviously we would love to understand the words of every song, but you can Mm -hmm. go listen to a Korean band, a, you know, whatever, a a Mexican or Latino artist, whatever. If the music hits, the music hits. It doesn't matter that I don't understand the words.
3: 100%
1: every part of it is so important and somehow the three of us i feel like fit into the most opposite pockets of each other that comes together to make like if we were all one human they would be like <laughs> that's like bryce avery <laughs> like they'd be able to do it all. they could produce they could do the performing they could make the music they could play the instruments like we all have a piece of it and like we couldn't do it without one of those and that's sort of a message of our band too is like you are a piece of that in this world. You are a piece of that in your family, and this friend group, in this new fan base, maybe that we have, whoa, if we have that. <laughs> um, uh, but like, just being an important and critical piece of that, just by being who you are, like, there is a lot we would change about each other. That's for damn sure. But I am sure glad that we are the way we are, because that's what makes it all work. And it's like, kind of perfect in a crazy way. Yeah,
0: it yeah. Makes the Venn diagram, right? Like, we're all three 100%. separate things, but where we overlap, we are definitely maybe. Yeah. I yeah.
3: mean, 100%. Like, my top artist for the last five years has been John Mayer. I've, like, had Chicago on repeat for the last, like, <laughs> like it, it's so funny that I'm now in a, a pop-punk band that I love. Like, but everybody has that it piece, not- and, and it's going to happen out of nowhere, right? you got to make it through that one more night to, like, preach a little bit, to, to figure out where your place is, you know? Um, and sometimes your places change but like that's been like one of the weirdest trips is like figuring out how to work with each other and and how to be a part of like something bigger and stuff too it's like it's it's been almost unexpected the entire time
2: yeah and you just have to do it too like you just have to force yourself to do it and enjoy it I think that's like the like I, I wanted to just be a part of a band and I just wanted to try it and I, I would have looked back if I didn't do it and but and I would, would have been like super sad that I didn't do it so I was like I just have to try it
1: yeah, yeah I mean yeah exactly it's like that first show we played we were all like shaking and probably sounded horrible but like we hit that last note and we were just like we, we fucking did it. Like you would have thought we won the Super Bowl. We played in like a <laughs> shitty bar for like 20 people and we were like, oh my God, like we're, we're fucking rock stars, bro. Like we did that shit. Yeah. This is crazy. The
0: the Super Bowl doesn't happen in Chicago. We all know that, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had to make that, that dig. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I forget the artist that I was talking to because it's been a while back, but you know, something that's uh Sawyer just said is like you know looking back and having that regret he uh was putting out an album and first album and all that and he said like I don't care if it flops I just wanted Mm -hmm. to put this out have it exist in the world so that my future kids can look at it and go oh my dad did accomplish something oh yeah it was really yeah it was one of those like damn dude like we're talking about your rock album and now you're hitting everybody in the fields with your future kids.
1: Yeah, That's well, and that like resonates this. with me. It's like when I struggle with perfectionism or not wanting to do something. Like, there will be a time where you maybe can't do it. Like my sister and I would always, she would always say, "Let's record a YouTube cover together, please." Like, it's not that scary. Like, it's fine. No one's even gonna see it. Like, let's start a family band. Let's do it. And like, in my head, I'm, we, I would always be like, "Yeah, like, let's do it. Sure. Like later. Like, not right now. I'm busy. I have this job. I'm in college. I'm graduating. I'm." you're an alcoholic. I don't want to talk to you. I'm mad at you. All this, like whatever comes with that. But she would ask me constantly and I would constantly be like, yeah, sure. Like we will. And then now we won't, And <laughs> we never did. And we won't, and she's gone and I can't. And so it's like, I learned the hard way that like, and, and being in a band, it's like, we don't know what's going to happen. Ian could move away. One of us could pass like it, to not, not to get morbid about it, but sort of to get morbid about it is like, <laughs> if i could go back i would make that dumb youtube video with my sister and no matter how fucking mad i was at her or whatever and like with these two goofballs here it's like when we get pissed at each other that's the mentality is like we're, we are all on the same team we all are indefinitely maybe it takes all of us to make this work and we can do it right now like let's keep doing it for as long as we can because there may be a point where we can't i mean you know, physical bodies fail and mental health waivers and pandemics hit. And I think we just got to this point where it was like in the pandemic, no one could do anything. And now that we can do things, we're like, let's fucking do it. And I am never again yeah. making one more goddamn excuse. <laughs> I'm just gonna do it and I'm gonna figure it out. And um, something my therapist taught me, which got me through our first few performances I I'm telling you it is it would have been a big fat joke to say I'd be on any sort of stage just a couple years ago but um I would talk with her and I'd say well I'm so afraid to be on stage and she's like okay well what's what's the worst thing that's gonna happen I'm like okay well like my voice shakes and my hands shake and she's like okay so like if you were in the audience and you saw someone up there and their hands were shaking and their voice was shaking like what would you think and I'd be like Honestly, I'd be like, that's really fucking cool that they're still doing it. And like, they're nervous and I get that. And so I'd be like, yeah, same. And then she was like, okay, so let your hands shake. Like if that's the worst thing that happens, like when you get, when you get off the stage and look back at it, like odds are, you're not just going to be focusing on your hands shaking. And I wasn't, Like, like, I said, the, we hit that last beat and it was like the Cubs won the world series again. I mean, it was like such a celebration. And so it's like imagining the worst case scenario and then saying, okay, what if that did happen? Then what? And it's like, normally, it's all right, you're going to be okay. And you're going to figure it out. And like, yeah, I don't want to embarrass myself on stage. I don't want my hands to shake. But I'm sure as hell glad I went up there, even though my hands shook, because I would have regretted not doing it. And like, if that's the worst that happened, let's let's call it a win.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And actually, what you were talking about, too, about like, just making the YouTube video, like, the cool thing about art, and like, specifically music, like, it can be as simple as you want it to be like music doesn't have to be super complicated. And that's like something that I realized, like I I never made music because I was like, Oh, it's just super complicated. But then like, it just hit me. I was like, Oh, it it can be super simple and we can just get, get it done. Um, so I think that's something cool about it too.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's, it's, it's so approachable. Like, I feel like it's really easy to be, um, practical in the name of self-protection you know and you'd be like oh but there's better things for me to do or like there's more productive things for me to do yada yada but like um I think everybody has an artistic side no matter who you are and like you need to nurture that side of you and there's so many ways to do it but like just figure it out because like you know like that whole process of therapy like how do you take care of yourself now how do you take care of yourself in the future I feel like nurturing the artist like the artistic side of yourself does both. Yeah. So like it's important. You know, figure it out, don't deny that self, that like that part of you. And like I think music especially, I don't know. I, this is just my lens, I guess, so I shouldn't speak for other types of art. Um but I I do see a lot of gatekeeping. And that's main, I like, I came out of like, I played jazz trumpet. Like, <laughs> if you want to find gatekeeping most- in music, <laughs> that's where to look. Right. But, but, you know, like it can happen, you know, and it, like, um, you, you know, I've had people say to me like, wait a minute. So you, you went from jazz to like pop punk. Like, how do you feel about that musically? With the implication that like somehow it's simpler or like whatever, it's not but as refined like, or whatever yeah of course like yeah. i don't know like like the idea that like something has to have a certain number of extensions in chord, like in order to have value or whatever like I, th- the thing that i think is really beautiful in art is that everything can and should have purpose the better you get at it so it's not what it's why why aren't there extensions And it can be, like, you can get dig into that as deep as you want to, like, just to be nerdy about it. Okay, you're using gain and you're trying to add a million notes. You're not going to hear a single one of them. So, like, why, you know, like, it's practical, but it's also like, where are you trying to lead the focus of the listener? How are you trying to light them up? How are you trying to pull them? Like, everything can have intention. Um, But you know, that's, that's a depth to be explored in time. And you just got to wade in, like, like, get your feet wet, and start like, yeah, I don't think there should be any sort of gatekeeping about it. And it's easy to project that onto things like, you know, your own insecurities on like, onto it and turn your own reasons of why you, you know, are scared to do it into like, being weird and protective about it in front of other people. But like, I don't know. I don't know where i'm going with this but like just nurture that artistic side because you don't know like when you won't have the option to and i think that you're probably if you if you have it you're underestimating the impact that it can have it's been a huge part yeah, of therapy and- my therapist has been like you need to pick up a guitar man <laughs> yeah. like you know it's real
1: i think also helping other people figure out how to do that is something that we've been and these guys in particular have been especially good at, which is really special. And I feel like kind of unique um, to our band. It's, it can be pretty competitive in the space. And like Ian said, pretty gatekeepy and music is vulnerable. And then it comes with a lot of ego and um, you're sharing a lot when you play something and when you sing something and um, it's hard to do. Music's not easy, but it can be simple and it can be approachable. And so, Um, We share the stage with a lot of our friends. When we play live, we have like up to like seven people up there with us sometimes just because we want to bring everybody with us. Um, And so sometimes, you know, it's a lot of variables and that's a lot of people that have to learn parts. And so it doesn't always sound perfect, but it always comes out better because of everyone that was a part of it. And so when we were in church band, um, there was like a women's worship night and I was playing the drums and we had filled every single slot with a female musician besides bass. And we we're like, what the fuck are we going to do? The event's in a week. We don't have a bass player. We're going to have one rehearsal. Like, Sawyer, you're going to have to put on a wig and like a dress and pretend. And like, I was like, no, you know what? No. And so we were looking around the room and our friend Madison, the at the time was like the one other female in the group. And all of a sudden, at the same time, we all look at her and she's like, what? And we're like, you want to learn to play the bass? She's like, okay. And <laughs> so then... That was like a Wednesday. The next Wednesday, she's on stage in front of 250 women ripping the bass for a set of like secular songs and worship songs. And like, then she never put the bass down. I mean, she she still plays. She played for years after that. She joined the worship band. She has played on stage with us. Um, and like, it was just, again, with her, like if you had told her two years ago, like you're going to be playing the bass in a pop punk band on stage in front of humans she would have been like that's hilarious but it's just like why not like okay sure if you're saying I could do it like I'll try it what's the like if even if I fail or mess up like at least I went for it and so that's kind of like the attitude we have too is like let's just bring people with us and we know what it's done for us and um we want to kind of extend that out as well
0: yeah well and that's that's the again, the pop punk ethos, right? Like I know what this has done for me. I'm going to build a community that sees that value as well. So no, that's awesome. And it's funny because I used to play bass when I was in high school. um, And Mm -hmm. it was one of those, I knew I wanted to be in band and and all that, but I didn't, I'd never touched any instrument seriously before and was talking to the band uh, director and he's like, can you count to four? He said, yeah. He goes, cool. You're going to go <laughs> learn how to play bass. And I'm like, oh, okay. And that's really all it took was learning the count. And I'm like, oh, I can at least groove in a four count right. and be okay. Like it's fine.
1: That could take you far as a bass player that yeah. some people <laughs> that can't do that in all the right notes, it do, it don't matter what they're hitting because they're not hitting it at the right spot. So yeah, Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. We're we're all like obsessed with the bass. We used to fight over who got to play it in the church band. It's so so much fun.
0: It really is, especially when you kind of do the the jazz inspired version of it. Where it's as long as it feels right, I'm going with it. It's good. Mm -hmm.
1: We love that. If you mess up, make the mistake again so people think you did it on purpose.
0: My band director (laughs) told me because I was in marching band as well, and he was like, I don't care if you miss the note, just do it confidently. If you make it look like you meant to do that, it's fine. Everything will be okay.
1: Yeah. Same with being a drummer. And that's like why I struggled so much was like, but I'm not confident. (laughs) Like I can't, but like, that's really the only way you're going to sound bad. And that's sort of like the same thing with performing too, is like, if you mess up, mess up confidently and normally like it'll work out at one of our last shows, things were going so well. And I was so pumped about it. And like, as soon as I had that thought, like clockwork, boom, I look over and Ian broke a string mm. and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> he had to like go all the way in the back and like try to source a new guitar and like had to retune and replug in, remix all of his stuff. And like, as soon as I had the thought of like, wow, this is going really smooth, like something went awry. Um, but then I had the chance to like just talk with who the people that were in the room with me. And, and um, when Ian was finally ready and we were queuing the next song, I was like, I feel so much closer to you all now, <laughs> and I really did. Like we just got to talk and hang out, and I think it it served the set in a way that was better. And like it definitely wasn't the most polished of moments for us, but it worked out, and we were just confident about it. Like, well, Ian's gonna go grab a guitar, so we're gonna bring a chat for a bit, friends. Like, let's get into it, um, and just leaning into it instead of letting that sort of derail things or defeat you. Um, which is really easy for me to do that. <laughs> so that in and of itself speaks to how far we've come as a band, but it ended up being fine. Nobody died because Ian broke a string and we had to talk for an extra 2 minutes. The show was not ruined. It was it was actually maybe better for it. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that, you know, people have that misconception that it has to be perfect every time you play it. But like Especially in live music, I don't want it to be fucking perfect every time. Like mm-hmm. I want my experience with that song to be unique every time I go see it. So um, I think it's one of those when you and it is it's a super hard thing to do, but when you let go of that mindset that, oh shit, you know, Ian's drop tuned still for some fucking reason, like, oh well, all run the it. Time. let's
1: <laughs> all the <time>. oh. <laughs> yeah,
0: so. You know, it happens, Ian. It's fine. I I don't even know why yeah. I assumed you were drop tuned, but I knew that you were.
3: Well, let, you know, if there's one thing that I will repeat, it's know thyself. And so it's not it's not preventing. Like, I know enough to know that it will happen. So get good and drop D if you're going to change tunings, so learn drop D so that you can play the next song and drop D yeah. if you have to. It's funny, but like, <laughs> you know, know yourself. It pays dividends. Yeah, it's funny sure. when
1: you don't realize it until you're watching the videos later and you're like why why does this not sound right I'm Like, oh my god brent is in the wrong tuning <laughs> like what <laughs> how did no one know?"
0: That's it yeah. Was? Yeah. Yeah. we've all break. done it we've all done it awesome so oh, uh, yeah as we kind of transition to the end here um i refuse to think of better ending questions so i bought this game called hot takes that doesn't want to show up it blurs it out for whatever reason uh so we're Gotta just gonna do, do a couple longer. of these real quick oh, well like i i think no it's because of the blur filter on uh. on uh zoom so it's fine uh but we're gonna do a couple of these real quick so the first one for you guys is the superstitions are real
3: i'm not going to take the chance yeah i'll, I'll
1: give yeah, it the time mind. of day i got his yes because it's like placebo effect it, if it's gonna you're gonna make it you're gonna sort of manifest that shit
2: yeah
0: yeah definitely <laughs> yeah i i'm a huge office fan so the michael scott quote comes to mind that i'm not superstitious i'm a little stitious because okay. like ian said like why take the chance
3: yep
1: 100%.
0: if every time i've put my left shoe on first i've tripped then i'm not fucking putting my left shoe on first like duh oh yep not worth it yeah uh the next one is i think hilarious peeing in pools is gross
1: no, yeah, it I dissolves it in six how do you know? we just we just went through this as a band. It uh, was a we literally a just
2: I did. did. I literally just found that that out about Courtney is that she's like is fine with peeing in pools. So I was like, I've that's like never crossed my mind. The, I would never do that peeing in the shower, yeah. Of course. Whoops. No, no, I don't pee in the shower. I will pee in like
3: the ocean or like Lake Michigan. No pools, no so shower. Much
1: Just don't, you know what? Nobody has to But it's work that you're already
3: doing as a decent person. You're not peeing (laughs) on the sidewalk everywhere. You're not taking a pee in your
0: car. You're pulling over, like...
1: The pool, it dissolves in less than six seconds.
0: I mean, uh, especially if it's a public pool, like, the amount of fucking chlorine that they put in those things.
1: Oh, it's insanity. But, yeah,
3: yeah, there's probably... I also don't want to face it because I'm doing it fair enough but I, I maybe it's part of it that i don't want to face that like if i'm doing it that definitely means somebody else by me is doing it i just don't want to think about it
0: that that may be fair
3: really
1: you like swimming with a full bladder no thanks
3: no so i can get out and me
1: <laughs> horrible horrible <laughs> uh
0: the next one is that the universe is a simulation 100% 100% <laughs>
1: It's glitching all over the place. It's crazy. These NPCs are wild.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but I don't think that it matters. That's fair. I don't truly (sighs) like, I don't fully buy into it. But the one thing I saw a TikTok that really started making me question it. And it's talking about if the world's not a simulation, then how is it in my car? I can reach over and touch the other door, right? And it's one person, one person. But we can put a fucking bus in here that has three people, a whole walkway, and another three people, and it fits in the same fucking lane. yep yep It hurts my head. It doesn't make (laughs) sense. There's
2: (laughs) no way. That one hurt my. I saw that video, and that one hurt my head. I I think
1: about that constantly.
0: I think about it all the time. (laughs) There's no chance.
1: Cue the X Files music. There's just too many things we can't explain. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'll Uh, do that. It's ridiculous, right? Uh, last one. Ooh, this one's a spicy take. The Beatles are overrated. <laughs>
1: take it soft. <laughs> uh,
2: my yeah, I mean, my answer is yes, but I, I I have a respect for them for sure. Like you have to, you have to have respect for them. But yeah, I, I just think I, I like the the people that cover their songs more, personally but
1: yeah I think if you had asked me 10 years ago I would have said absolutely because it wasn't my thing I didn't enjoy listening to it Um, and I I think I have two thoughts about it that I'll be quick about because they're hot takes but like on the one hand it's like crowd mentality like everyone likes them so I should and that was just not my vibe back in the day so I was not about it if everyone else liked it I did not (laughs) and then the other is like that the music didn't seem very musical like it was so simple and so speaking of like gatekeeping it's like well is it really that like special but now I see it as like that was a that was like a whole fucking movement I mean that was mania that was insanity like now I have this whole perspective on it and the influence they've had and like us talking about how simple music can be and and that's still in and of itself like the magic of it like I have a lot more respect for them now do I listen to them by choice ever no <laughs> they're not <laughs> it's not really my cup of tea Um, But I do, uh, I I don't think they're overrated simply because, like, of the fact that they're, they spread so far and wide. I mean, it's just like, you can't really deny that it doesn't even matter if their music is simple or you don't like it. Like, so what?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like for a band like the Beatles, no single person has the right to use the word overrated. There's something better to use. And chances are I'll agree with you because I don't listen to them either. Like I have delved into all sorts of genres and stuff and like they, they, earn a whole lot of, you know, credit. They did a whole lot for music. They are like one of the first internationally known bands. Like, like there's a lot that you can't deny them. And so I feel like that's the wrong word. Right. Do, do I think that like, people probably overinflate how much they like the Beatles. Yeah. Probably like today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I I don't think that you're adding any value, like you're not adding any value to me as a person by saying that you're a Beatles fan. I'll take it or leave it. Like, but I don't know. The closest
1: thing I can think of for some reason is we are both huge Justin Bieber fans and like, from the jump. Like his first viral video, we were on it. Like I obsessed. I mean, I cannot get through a concert of his without absolutely sobbing my eyes out. And like most people just will not understand. And I literally don't give a rat's ass. But like I actually don't care. Yes, I'm 30. Yes, I love Justin Bieber. And I don't care what you think about it. And I kind of I'm happy that Beatles fans get to have a similar thing because it's like hey he's like one of the most famous people in the world whether you like it or not and the fact that you hate him so much I feel bad because you're gonna have to hear a lot about him <laughs> until we die so for I, me I, think, I love him <laughs> yeah I,
0: I think that's it for me too is like musically do the Beatles hold up over time no like their songs mm-hmm. do not hold up over time it's too far removed from the current soundscape that we're in in multiple ways mm-hmm. yeah as a lyricist, they're all some of the best lyric writers that have ever existed. If you were just to read their words as poetry or whatever, like hands down. Mm -hmm. And again, the impact that they had in the music industry by no means is overrated. Like they absolutely changed it. But I think that's where the context is like, are we talking about the impact that they had or the love of the music? Because if it's love of the music,
1: Uh it's
0: out of date. I don't care. Like yeah. I still like a couple of their songs, whatever. But I, like Courtney said, I'm never going to purposely go and be like, I want to hear Hey Jude today. Never once has happened. <laughs> no, yeah, that's that's kind of like where I'm coming to. Like, yeah, I
2: grew up like just listening to like pop radio and like Justin Bieber, like in middle school. Like that's just what I listened to. And then, like by the time I like got to the Beatles, like when I was older, I was like, I'm not gonna listen to this. <laughs> I'm like, this doesn't sound yeah. like. Yeah, I agree with
3: that. Well, it's yeah, funny cuz awesome. to me like that's the one area like I am on board with literally every other kind of music that I've heard and for some reason I stop short at the Beatles. I don't get it. Everything before mm. and everything after them I'm I am totally cool with and have found bands in all sorts of genres that I will vibe with actively, intentionally all the time. They're just never one of them. I can't explain it, but
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously they did something right because yeah. oh, we still talk about them, but uh, I do think, like I said, that it's more like musically and sonically, no, they're they're overrated by today, especially by today's standard and, and what the music transitioned to. Um, but there's zero like, you just can't take away what Beatlemania did for the music industry. Absolutely. Like it just opened so many doors, but Um, so to kind of wrap things up, the last little segment is just for you guys. I'll obviously link all the socials and everything, but where can people find you? What's the best way to interact? What do you want to brag on? Um, you mentioned earlier that the song drops on the 17th, which I think I knew. I will make sure this podcast goes live the same day. So we'll try to double hype it there. Um, sweet, but yeah, give, give everybody what they, what they need to know.
1: Yeah. I mean, right now that song that's the best way you could support um pre-saving it following us on spotify or streaming listening to it on the 17th and beyond when it comes out um that's definitely the big thing for us right now we have more music that exists that is in the queue and ready so if you like one more night you're gonna love what comes next um other than that chat with us on TikTok because we are super active on there. And it is me that responds to all the comments. And I love talking to everybody. Um, and then if you're in Chicago land, we do have a couple shows for the end of the year. We'll be playing in the Chicago suburbs in Lyle um, next Sunday on the 19th. And then we're also playing in Wicker Park on December 2nd. It's a Saturday. We'll be supporting our friends, The Orphan, The Poet, um, which will be super fun. And it'll be A great show. You can hear One More Night Live, the fresh new version, and it's going to be great. Oh, and we haven't announced it yet, but we made One More Night specific merch and it looks so sick. It's awesome. And so that'll be available on our website and then hopefully trying to figure out how to integrate it with. Spotify. It's a bunch of HTML stuff. I post TikToks for my job. I don't code things. I'm so lost. It sounds like Josh could help with that. that.
0: I I might be able to help with that. So I do a little bit of web design stuff.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Do not. Oh my gosh. Look at our website and
0: (laughs) can't be any worse. I mean, we all grew up learning how to code on MySpace, right? Like
1: And, uh, Zanga did you ever do Zanga yeah. that was my yeah. shit I wasn't really a MySpace girly but I was a Zanga girly for sure
0: yeah awesome now that's that's, that's... Ian you good
3: yeah I think
0: so I covered it and okay. she covered it pretty well
3: just yeah uh follow us and and actively participate because we will be there to respond to you and and all that stuff um and we want to know like if you like it like not in like a weird ego way but like you just heard courtney explain why this means so much to her so like you'd be di- doing her a dis a, a disservice to deny letting her know if it means something to you we very much welcome that
0: yeah <laughs> and i i tell people all the time too like the all the free shit matters just as much as buying a t-shirt nowadays like listen to the song share it with your friends comment all those little things commenting and liking a TikTok tock video ends up spider webbing it into everybody else's algorithm do all the free shit it takes two seconds to double tap your screen
3: yeah i think the way that we're looking at that right now is like if you want to help us do the free shit if you want to help you get some merch and rep it like we're not at a stage where we're like sustained by this right like financially if you want us to help us get there it's the free shit that's going to help us like Get to bigger audiences and stuff
1: so i'm making music expensive <laughs> yeah, very also. very much
0: very <laughs> yeah. much so,
1: it looks really cool i can't wait we'll have to send you if you like either of the designs josh just let us know we'll, we'll yeah. have to send you one
0: yeah for <laughs> sure we'll, we'll definitely figure something out there so i'm stoked for you guys you know i i found you on tiktok like i said and reached out and uh that's how we arranged all this so i think that there's definitely room in this, this genre, whatever, you know, we want to call it pop, punk, emo, whatever. I hate fucking genre labels uh, because they don't matter anymore. Nobody fits in a box, but I think there's yeah. so much space within, in this soundscape that is untapped. And I think the thing that you guys are doing, that's really, really cool is really putting yourself out there in the authenticity of the music and making sure that it's not just the oh, we thought this would be fun. It's the, hey, this is real. Let's go talk about it. And that, that's what's mm-hmm. going to bring those fans in and keep them close because, you know, that's what keeps every one of us going to our favorite bands and finding that new song. So um, stoked for you guys. Like I said, we'll keep you posted. This will go live the same day as the single dropping. And yeah, we'll see if I can't make it up to a show sometime soon. Yes, yeah. Hell yeah. Be great. That's- yeah. Can I
1: take a screenshot of us?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Wait, let All me right. hold on. Let me unlock
3: my computer again so that I have nice lighting.
1: Okay. <laughs> wow, so different. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. One, two, three. Yay. Awesome.
0: Cool. Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. We'll definitely, like I said, we'll we'll keep you posted on everything. And um, yeah, I'm stoked. Yeah, this is was a blast. a blast. Thank you. Yeah, not Proud a problem. Enough. Yeah, absolutely, guys. I'm sure we'll we'll talk soon, and maybe another episode when you've got an EP and an album coming, and all that fun stuff. So,
1: Hell let's yeah. go,
0: and I owe you. <laughs> yep, See for you sure. Then. We
3: owe you one one record. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks.
2: Bye.
0: And that was my conversation with Definitely Maybe. Uh, Huge shout out to them for taking the time to have that conversation with me, um, for connecting with me on TikTok so that we could get everything arranged and whatnot. Um, Yeah, I think, like I said at the beginning, this is a band that I'm trying to put on people's radar because I really think there's a lot of potential coming out of this band, Um, and I think it's just a matter of time, and with some of the, the TikTok success that they're starting to see already... I don't think it's that far in the future that they really start becoming a name that people recognize. So um, again, huge shout out to them. Uh, really looking forward to all the new music that they're working on. They're working on some you know, shows and, and tour dates and things like that. So stay tuned to them for that. As always, in the description of the podcast, I will have their socials Go give them a like share subscribe follow all that free shit because that really does help go check them out on TikTok um as well you know if you want to see song clips and clips of some of their live performances and things like that um it's a great opportunity to do that because they have a shitload of them up so go do that and your algorithm will probably start looking like mine and they'll show up every like fifth video uh <laughs> That's everything I've got for you guys on this episode. We did just release a new episode of Musicians for Mental Health featuring Garrett Russell of the band Silent Planet. Um it's a I think a really good episode. Great conversation that I was able to have with him and really enjoyed letting him, you know, kind of speak to some of these topics that run through their songs. So Go check that one out as well. Uh, Be sure you like, share, subscribe to the podcast. I have a ton of guests that I'm working on getting, some that are already recorded, uh, and you guys liking and sharing and being subscribed to the podcast helps me immensely because that's extra analytics I can show on trying to secure some of these guests. So uh, please do that because that does mean the world to me. Um, that's everything I've got for you guys on this episode. So, uh, if there's anyone that you guys want us to have on the show or to try to get on the show, please let us know in the comments. Uh, also, if you're listening to this on Spotify, they have the little Q&A thing now. Uh, there's going to be a question attached to this episode specifically. So if you've made it this far, be sure that you reply to that question, um, because I think it would be really funny to show the band all the responses. So that's everything, guys. Remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.